Well, howdy daddy, everyone. Who the heck said that you need it figured out? That's what we explore in today's conversation on the John Mayo podcast. Let's get to it. Who the hell said you need to have it all figured out? And I've just been reflecting over the past couple of weeks that as we hone in on really working to create value and, and explore and extend ideas and present new ideas and focus forward, that this is a journey through the adventure of life and that this podcast and that the conversations that we have with guests, you and me, the cultivating curiosity, all of it is one long screaming cry of an invitation to journey together and see what we can learn through this crazy adventure called life. And the entire point, purpose, and goal is to figure out what we can, create what we can, explore what we can, and add something that resembles beauty and value and peace and unity and strength to the world in this short fleeting thing that we call life. Because the best I can tell, the pursuit of that is the closest approximation to what the meaning and purpose of life can be, and that is to live and to exist. And if we're going to live and exist, we might as well choose the hard path of creating, pressing in, and seeking to build something of value that positively influences and affects not only our life, but the lives of those around us, and that reduces suffering to the best of our ability. And at no point do I think it'll all be figured out, but the goal is to explore this together as curious ape children that we are and to see what in the heck we can learn together. And in that, you know, once again, every conversation is an invitation to explore, an invitation to understand, to seek understanding, I should say. And within that is the unique opportunity because it, it allows us to engage together from a place of humility and we are unified in the pursuit of beauty and of something that is better than what there is now. And that allows us to do a lot of incredible things and override a lot of divisive things towards that end. So I'd, I'd like to explore that a little bit more uh, in the sense of there is no finish line. Like what also I'd like to pose the question, why would you want to finish uh, finish line, you know, towards this life? Like the first thing that pops in my head is like, if you were to have the same experience, so you, so you go to a steakhouse, you have the same steak every single day, it's going to get bland and boring. And there's no, there's no variety to life in that same sense. Um, and that, and that's the way that I, I kind of see it at this moment is you're going to continue to do the same thing, get the same result, or you can step outside of the box. And it's not necessarily saying that you're going to do the hard thing every single time. There's going to be times of reflection, but if you do the same thing, you're never going to get any other result. Um, so 
what is what is your thoughts on the uh, the actual aspect of the 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 seducing factor of the idea of a finish line? I I think that it's seductive because it's easy to become tired. Uh and we were tired, hungry, sad. We make decisions to try and alleviate the pain. Um, the best I can tell, there's not a single human being that truly knows precisely what happens once the flesh bags that are our bodies extinguish. There are many beliefs, but beliefs are born of faith and that which is not seen as opposed to that which we can measure. So in my mind, I have things that I believe or that, and that belief is almost the hope to be curious more than anything. I'm hopefully curious. And to me, that is a good approximation of what belief is. And so when I look at like the ultimate finish line for us as humans being death, I I see that as like the ultimate question (laughs) because I've yet to see someone who can definitively prove what's on the other side, ranging from nothing to many things. And um, when you extrapolate that back, anytime I've wanted to give up or quit on something, right? Or to have a finish line in some pursuit, um, that does not require a pivot. It's just exhausting. I pause. I, I push through whatever the immediate situation is, and then I incorporate an intentional pause and be like, John, you're tired. You're being a wee bit of a bitch. You need some food. Like, <laughs> take a minute, man. You don't have to have the answers. You don't have to solve this right now. Take a minute, recharge. Right. Don't make a dramatic change that forces a finish line in whatever the adventure is until that is the prudent pivot for the the larger adventure of your life, right? And when I do that, it's amazing what 24 hours will do because in that situation, like looking at like, let's say it's like you're at the end of your rope and you want a finish line, man, the idea of waiting 24 hours and like being really intentional to do your best to get some rest, to eat some good food to the best of your ability, to get a little bit of exercise in if you have the capability to, like that seems impossible, but then you do it and 24 hours later, you're like, whoa, I can't believe how different I see this now. Right. Um, having just kind of regrounded myself in those things. So when when I think about the finish line or the illusion of it, I, I really I just reject the premise. Uh, and I really look at things as like mile markers along the the path. Right. And sometimes you get to a mile marker or be you don't get to a mile marker and you need to take a rest because the journey is infinitely long from the best I can tell. Um or at least definitively, like there are many more years unless I eat a, a bus tomorrow driving or someone gets angry and shoots me. Um, there, there are many more years to journey. So if I am that fatigued, I need to navigate to a position where I can recharge. Uh, so that that's how I approach that. And, and, and frankly, I just reject the idea of the finish line altogether. Um, because the proverbial finish line for me is a giant question mark with hope-filled curiosity. Right. I think context, change of context, 
matters greatly in this kind of a, a discussion as well. So like, like you said, give yourself the 24 hours because in that light, you're going to see things totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can do that for any number of small things throughout the day. Like, so, you know, go back to the steak thing. Clearly I'm hungry, but like, am I hungry? Do I need to eat at this very moment? Or can I wait 10 minutes and think about it again? I gave my time, uh, and therefore context to really reevaluate. No, I was actually just lazy in the moment. Like uh, the more perspective we can allow ourselves to not just do the thing in the moment that gives us so much more freedom and power over our own uh, capabilities in that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A a great practical example along the steak ideas is is when you go on a, um, a diet, right? Like a, a strict diet and you have a portion control in place. And you eat your portion and you're still ravenous. One of the things that a lot of like coaches will tell you is get up, drink a glass of water, go for a 15 minute walk. When you get back, if you're still ravenous, you can eat some more. Uh, But do not eat more until you've drank the cup of water and you've gone for the walk. And most of the time, just the, just the perspective of that 15 minutes and the walks just to get you away from the temptation. But just the perspective of that 15 minutes allows the food to settle and deactivate some of the hunger cues in your body. And I've experienced that many times uh, from earlier in my life when I used to diet um, in that fashion. But I experienced a lot more in the military when I was gone and portions were small and you're up like 23 hours a day and you're exhausted and you'd eat and be like, well, that wasn't satisfying. But I'm grateful for it. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, you're like, oh, thank goodness, I'm fine. Like it it settles in, you're good to go. And you realize you need so much less than you think. Um, and you can really go long distance, but it just takes that time for it to fill in. And like, you're exhausted, you're hungry. You're like, man, that wasn't nearly enough. I'm bummed. And then 20 minutes later, you're like, oh, I'm fine. Okay, cool. Oh, now the energy's coming in. Oh, thank goodness, I'm great. And then, you know, the cycle repeats itself. But that's a fun tongue in cheek way of looking at some of this stuff uh, definitively. Right. I, I would also look at it in the, the sense of like the sexy sprint, you know, where we're wanting everything to happen so quickly and we're, we're not willing to taking that time is hundred percent necessary. And sometimes the right course of action where everyone, uh, and I say everyone, uh, I'm targeting myself in this. I want to get the thing right now. I want to lose the weight right now. I wanted to see the abs. I want to, uh, read the book. I want to do the thing right now. And I want the results right now. But sometimes you need to wait, and that's what makes the the finish line feel so exhausting. It's because you realize, I need to wait for this thing, and I need to put in the work. It's not necessarily the work that exhausts you. It's the idea of the, the concept of time and perspective that's associated with the wait makes me exhausted before I've done anything. Mm-hmm. And, and to that, like I'm reminded of Murphy's first three laws, which uh, not necessarily in order, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. That's the most popular one for Murphy. It's laws of combat. But the other two is it's going to take longer than you plan for. And it's going to be more difficult than you thought. So it's like, if we take into context, like, okay, uh, that which can go wrong likely will, it's going to be harder than I thought. And it's likely going to take significantly longer than I anticipated. Talk about expectation setting, right? Like right. If, you, if you start the adventure with that, it's like, I don't even know how hard, long, or bad this can go, but I know I can win if I stay the course and do it. Or I have a, a significantly higher probability of doing so if I do. That, to me, seems um, a, a good estimation of how to more properly 
set healthy expectations on this adventure and journey. And, and, you know, like with this whole, uh, concept of finish lines, you know, uh, finish the lines, goodness, that that's where I think the unexpected despair sinks in when someone wins the Super Bowl or wins at the Olympics. And that is what they've trained for and lived for, for years. And they didn't be, because they were so hyper-focused, they did not put into thought what they would like to do when they're done with that. So for them, they hit this proverbial finish line to realize that it launched them off a cliff into nothingness. And that is a very commonly documented depression that follows these types of big events that are pursued. Um, it's also very common uh, amongst mothers when the nest, like when all the kids leave. It's also very common when uh, people leave like a lifelong career. Um, it happens when people leave the military and haven't thought about like what purpose they're going to extract from life. Right. And another one that, uh, which I talk a lot about that. And then another one more holistically is like you, you, the first mountain is some semblance of success, right? Uh, typically more materialistic in its, in its highest form of like, okay, we're going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to get past need to the point where I'm starting to build some wealth and I'm able to do some fun things financially. Um, you know, I, I built the relationships I want, right. Uh, at, at a, at a high level and, all of a sudden, like the whole concept of midlife crisis is now what? My life's slipping by and I have these things, but what am I doing that's I'm doing it with significance, purpose, and, and joy, like a deep-seated peace and joy, right? And that's where uh, Adam, uh, dang it, Brooks, I know it's Brooks. I want to say Adam Brooks. I'm forgetting the, the other element of his name, but he wrote a book called The Path to Character, which is fantastic. And then he wrote a second book called The Second Mountain. And, I, and I've and i borrowed the term Second Mountain Pursuits, um, you know, standing on his shoulders for that one. But it's this perfect analogy of, hey, you climbed the first, you've accomplished some material success. Now what? That's where you pursue significance and purpose for the rest of your life. And that creates your second mountain pursuit. And I, I personally look at that through the lens of what is the most beautiful question that I can articulate to that I think is worth spending my life in. And so far, that is how might I unleash human potential, right? And, I, and I'm consistently looking to top that one, but that's been the winner for a while now. And it's beautiful. And whether it's, and all of that comes from this idea, this deceptive idea of a finish line. You know, whether it's the white picket house and a good paying job and you're married with two kids or, you know, it's being in the military or winning in the Olympics or the Super Bowl, it, whatever it is, this idea of this is what I'm here for. When that thing fades, that finish line comes, you're left with nothing and you get the opportunity to create what that something is. And like a huge part of this, who said you need it figured out? The entire invitation of this conversation, of this podcast, of all the work with the Waymaker community, of everything that this is part of, is let's start figuring that out, what we want to pursue outside of these shorter term goals that are beautiful mile markers now. So that way we can align our efforts now in pursuit of the things we desire now beyond them with the whole story of our life that ends in that hope-filled, radically curious question of what's next. So I, I think it's very interesting in the idea that when we're young, we're we're wanting to sprint towards everything. And then later years in our lives, we try to slow down and like really savor the moment. But really that should be flipped on its head. We need to take the time to to focus on what we want first. 
And then we need to sprint as fast as we can and really enjoy the moment, but continue as far and fast as we can. Uh, it's it's like it just natural wisdom has us going in reverse. Um, and I never kind of put that in that kind of phrasing or in that light in my own mind. It's fun to, it, it's fun for us to explore. And what, what comes to mind for me is that the old adage of youth, youth is wasted on the young, I think comes from uh, that. There's probably a couple camps where it comes from the, the camp I want to focus on is that those who realize how to pursue significance, right. And create impact and value wish that they had the energy that they had when they were younger to do it with all the vigor that they wasted without understanding that which is a value to pursue. Um, then there's also just like this disgruntled form of that saying, but, but I, I think that like when you start to truly pursue significance, like i I count myself as extraordinarily blessed because I am committing myself to doing the best I can to figure this out and join in with others in the adventure of figuring it out together. Right. Which is once again, why this is a screaming cry of outrage and joy that culminates in an invitation from start to finish is because I'm fortunate enough to be young and pursuing significance. And therefore I'm throwing all of that. I am that, which I am at it. Right. Um, and, and to your point, like I, I agree with the premise, which is why my entire goal is to help people determine for themselves what it is of significance and purpose they want to spend their lives pursuing. Because if the more people that do this young, the more they, I think the more that we will feel that our life is well spent and full. And like there are wise, there, there are philosophers throughout time that have said life is long enough if you live it. And, and I think it comes from this premise of, and I believe that's a Greek philosopher, stoic based thought. But I think that comes from that this premise that when you truly live to the best of your ability in pursuit of something of value that creates for you and those around you a better existence in this life, time is full. It is both fleeting and it feels like eternal at the same time. It's incredible. And in that, I can imagine, though I don't feel this way now, that you add 50 years to this adventure. and those you've loved have all grown old with you and you see the next generation rising up and hopefully you've had some impact and then being able to do something akin to pursuing the same, the same value of significance that is uniquely tailored to them that you did, that you'd feel that you did a decent job with your life and that you're ready to continue forward into that hope filled curiosity embodied question mark of what might be next, you know, eternal nothingness or something else who knows, but let us find out. And what a fun thing, but it, it became critical to me that with all the changes that are going on and all these aggressive pursuits, that there is never that I clearly stated, I definitively do not claim to have this stuff figured out and who the hell said that you needed to have it figured out. What's important is that we show up alive and with everything that we have we pursue clarity, understanding, and the creation of something that's better than what is now, while also learning to be content and joy-filled with that which we're experiencing now. And in that, I think there's a lifetime's worth of work.
And that concludes this conversation on the John Mayer Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. If you found value in today's show, please pause what you're doing and pay it forward by sharing it with someone you care about now. Not later, right now. Additionally, have you joined the Waymaker community yet? If not, now's your opportunity. Until next time, stay curious, be relentless, and forge forward. 